0: Got Hello, everyone. On. Welcome to episode 20-odd. Um, we've got Fraser Ward with us today. Um, Tom, Fraser, Fraser, Tom. Fraser, how are Fraser you? Fraser and I have known each other. What's going on? Fraser and I have known each other for a little while. Um, how long has it been, actually? Must it's got to be, gotta be five, five years.
1: It's got to be five years. I was thinking about this earlier.
0: It's crazy. Yeah. Time is um, yeah, man. Tell us about yourself. How did, How do we know each other? You know, What have you been up to for the last five years?
1: Oof, that's a long time. I I finessed the yeah, relationship with my start, my my lecturer. At my... <laughs> 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 that was my that was my whole aim. I was like I just got to get to know this guy. I do that actually. I was on a course last weekend, and I was like, I got to get to know this lecturer. I got to get to pick his brains. Got to get a bit more of an intimate relationship with them and get the real knowledge. I think so. Luke was. Um, yeah, I guess the at my PT course. And quite often we'd, we'd be talking about like the content of the course and then you'd pick its brains or ask a question and you'd very quickly just like go off on a tangent. You're like, that's what I want to know about. I want to hear more of that stuff. Like the content itself is pretty, let's be honest, be draining, pretty straightforward. But then, like as soon as Luke got the chance to kind of speak his knowledge and education, I was like, "Wow, like oh, that's what I want to know more of and like know more about." So just yeah, finesse him into hanging out, and and here we are, five years later, man. Just picking your brains, and like I'm so proud of I'm so proud of Luke, honestly. Like he's such a big inspiration to me as a person, as a character, and where he's taken his career. And like it's been super exciting to watch, and definitely challenges me in my space and show me that that the the ceiling and potential of of you know what the fitness industry can look like because I think. In Adelaide, it's such a small area with with such a small amount of PTs that it's easy to feel comfortable in your position or, or quite quickly climb to what we could consider like a top position of the ladder at your local gym. Uh, and it's nice to see, you know, your voices doing so much more with, with this. And that, that's
0: exciting. And hey, I, said, I think for an the intro. same about you. Yeah, I appreciate that a what lot, an man. Intro. And I'll uh, send me your account details after. <laughs> I'll we agreed on. I think the same about you. And, uh, and I always... And I've always said that I've um, got a pretty good PT radar and I can kind of pick up on people that'll be successful and not pretty early on, um, you know, back in the AIF days. And and you were definitely at the top of that um, for sure, man. Like just the energy that you bring and how genuine you are. And I don't know, man, you can just kind of tell. I haven't really can't put my finger on it, but you can just tell straight away.
1: I appreciate that. I think you did hit it
0: with the energy and, and genuine because I was never like super academic.
1: Like I, at school, I never did great. And I came on the PT course and I didn't have a, a high level of education behind me. And th- some things resonated and clicked with me because I had obviously been training for so long prior to this that a lot of the stuff just made sense or I could apply it to a scenario in my head. Um, and that gave me a lot of confidence. I was like, wow, like I'm actually feel like I'm learning something. I've never felt like that in any subject I could remember prior to to learning. I think I was the youngest one on the course at the time. I would have been like 18. So I was like pretty fresh out of school. And I was like, oh, I'm finally understanding something. This is finally clicking and making sense to me. And then... Yeah. I think that's two things that I sell as my product. It's like, what what, what are my strengths is, is the energy and passion and just how genuine I am. Like I, I pride myself on never having to sell what I do. Like I don't sell you. I don't lock you into a contract. We don't have a big coaching call when I have to, you know, talk about the pros and cons of this. Like I just sell my personality and the fact that I'm really going to care about you on this journey. And that's what gets us results ultimately. And that's, I just play on that strength. Because I know that there's some people out there who do have the PhDs behind them and can give them a really you know, high level understanding of principles when it comes to training or maybe have some really good empathy towards our clients but i think just being genuine and just being energetic i think that attracts the client base in itself and that's what builds the community of my, of my brand or of my product of clients is that everyone resonates with me as a person so in turn they all seem to get along and that's what helps build the community
0: yeah 100 so that started five years ago where you were yeah. studying pt qual and yeah. then you graduate and and then what kind of facet of the fitness industry do you go into?
1: So I went straight into PT. I walked out the door straight into a job and um, my, my gym that I was training at at the time, and which was like a, a family-run gym. It was a massive facility. So it's actually been bought out by Derements now. So that would give you some kind of scale for how big the facility was. There's probably like a maximum of 20 people in this gym at a time. It was a huge space. Uh, it was really fun to work out of. They kind of worked off like a scheme and like, I think they charged like $30 a PT session and I maybe pocketed like $13 or maybe $20 of that, and um, which was really good when you're starting. There was obviously no overheads and no rent and gave me a really good opportunity just to make lots of mistakes, um, which I think is honestly a lot of the stuff I know now just comes from four years behind me of just getting things wrong. There's been like a massive intuitive learning curve that I've experienced being a PC, which is exciting. And I should go, I've still got one of my clients from that very first gym. And I, we had a conversation the other day just saying like the difference in product to what she received initially to what she receives now. Like I remember just like writing things down on a piece of paper. All right. I want you to take this with you. You're going to do this next week. And then i write something new the following week. And that was like the structure. That's all we knew. Like, that's what you, that's what you leave the industry with. And so you are just kind of making shit up as you go along for a very long time, but I think it comes back to the idea of just just being genuine and energetic and and knowing when I'm wrong or just being open to wanting to know more is what's helped me grow and expand And that constant curiosity. I think if you remember me um, from the PT course, Luke, how many questions I like to ask. I think that just kind of goes to show like how interested in this I am and like how excited I am to constantly grow and grow and grow. And that's why I guess I'm online now. That's how my business has ended up online. It's just this constant shift and changing and wanting to know more. And intuitively that puts you in a position where I am today. And that, that was never something that was on the radar. Like it was never like, I'm going to be an online coach one day or I'm going to go do this. It just, oh, this is happening. Cool
0: shift. And before you even know it, you're there. At what point did you see that shift away from face-to-face being your main it was pretty, it was
1: pretty quick, honestly. It, it was, I really enjoy face-to-face. I, I love it. And I still want to find a way to get that back into what I do somehow, somewhere or another, in the in a lesser form. Like I was probably doing like 50 sessions and face-to-face before I went online all the way. But it was getting to a point where a lot of my clients, I, I kind of found like a core cool group of clients. I wasn't really picking up new leads as much as I needed to. I was kind of running at capacity most of the time. And so I've been working with these clients that I had for, for quite a while. I'm like, to some of my clients, I think I was just counting reps. It's like, okay, maybe I'm not providing as much value in 45 minutes as I am as I was with a new client. When I get a new client in, and you get someone who's never been to the gym, and you can teach this person who doesn't even know what a dumbbell is how to bench press with better technique than the, the jacked dude next to her lifting 100 kilos. That's that's lots of value in 45 minutes. You know, you've got them from know nothing to a pretty high level understanding of like a complicated exercise in 45 minutes. And then I was finding that in 45 minutes, my clients I had for a long time who maybe had learned quite a lot of these principles to a standard that they needed to to see the results that they were after. I just became a rep counter. And I was, I would be talking to them. I said, Why are you paying me for 45 minutes? I'm just standing here counting your reps. And half the time, if you know, like I'm not even doing that right. I'm, I'm counting 10, you've done 15. <laughs> it's part of being a PT, right? So I think yeah. I just started just recognizing that more and more. And I said, There's got to be a way I can I produce more value. And on the side, i have been doing some uh, online coaching. People have just kind of reached out. So I just made up a product at the time to make it fit, to just take on, take on the lead and take on the, the income. Uh, and then just kind of like fine tuning it over the time. And I went, oh, there's something else here. I can, I can do more with this. And so what I did is uh, I spoke to a good friend of mine, Daniel, who, who was very new to the industry. And he just kind of come to the same gym as me as a PT. I said, before you worry about setting up your business. Let's go through all the the personal training platforms, all of them. Like we wrote down a list of probably like 30 to 50 of the the personal training platforms, you know, like TrueCoach and Trainerize, the whole lot. And we downloaded every single one and we made an account on every single one and we made a program on every single one and we tested on every single one. And we basically wrote down all the things we'd want as a client uh, that we'd want to see on an app. And we basically just tested all of these, these apps to make sure we could find one that worked well. I was even on a phone call with the guy at 3 a.m. outside Good Life at the time, because he was from America. And he was giving me like, a, you had to do like this prerequisite interview before you signed up to his coaching app to talk about what it was. It was like this more so designed like sports athletes, but I'm like, I'm just trying everything here. So I, I had literally just done the research to download everything. And then once we'd finally found this product, so I'm using a training app called Personal Training Distinction that was like a big shift in confidence to go, this now has the metrics and the ability for me to portray more value online than it does for my clients face-to-face. And it was a no-brainer. It was like, I can provide a cheaper service. I can provide a better service. I can give myself more time. I can give myself more income because they allow me to have more clients. So it just became like, this is this is a no-brainer. I just created a situation where it just, it just made sense.
0: And I think that's important as well. Like you having, you know, gone through the, like through the trenches and figuring out exactly what your business is and where it's going. Mm. Like it's important that you believe in it. Um, if it. If you're just offering this thing, cause it's like, yeah, it's sexy to be an online coach or whatever. Mm. It's like that can only go so far until it just falls apart.
1: I think, and when you're a face-to-face coach, so for those that don't know, you pay obviously like a large chunk of rent. So I was paying something like $315 a week at Good Life. And the big reason you pay so much rent is maybe for the facility, but mostly for like the leads that you generate through through them. Like you get jumpstart leads when someone signs on, they pay for two personal training sessions and that's an opportunity to talk to somebody. You might get a bunch of people to phone call. And I was thinking, I haven't used these leads in a year. You know, I haven't, I haven't had to touch these. I've created a business that self-generates leads just through a quality of service. And I've always said that my goal with my clients is to get to a place to leave. I've always wanted to get you to a place to feel really competent in what you're doing, have a greater understanding of how to achieve results so that you feel like you don't need me as a coach and you can move forward. And in turn that obviously brings referrals. It's not something that's directed towards that. It's just developing a good quality service. And what you said, just being genuine, just being genuine with the client that's going to in turn have referrals. And that's when I realized that I'm probably not getting my value from, from paying, paying a big box gym or paying good life. Uh, And, when, uh, I when I was at spark ops so my first time I started it, it closed down it was bought up by Daritz so we had one week's notice and half an hour after we had the meeting of All right guys we're closing down this is it I walked straight across the road to F45 because I needed some more income and I got a job within half an hour of basically finishing up at a closing gym and, mm. and then I started there and then that's a massive lead generator I think you guys would know kind of being in a place where you're working with you know hundreds of people at one time, Intuitively, there might be a next step for them to go to face to face coaching, taking a step away from group fitness, although group fitness offers a whole different area of value. And it just seems like that was a very good lead generator for me in my business as well. So I took my business from, from no longer down this way, about 20 minutes up to Marion, and basically started fresh um, at zero, zero, zero. And because I'd only been at Sparklubs maybe, maybe like three to six months, not a very long time at all. So not, a, not long enough to really create enough of a name for yourself or, you know, enough of a business model behind yourself to have any carryover. And, and there was too many gyms in this area to, to try to compete with, um, in terms of like bringing your clients somewhere else. So they kind of all just dispersed in their own directions. But what I really valued from both spark clubs and F45 was that community. So I used to run like small group trainings with like a small amount of people, And it was always this community feeling that the receptionist knew who you are, you know, you know, the PT's names, you could recognize all the faces, they were very quiet places. And there's a massive sense of community. And I immediately realized that I resonated well with that. And that's what I really enjoyed. Hence why I think I enjoyed being an F45 coach for so long because of that same sense of community. And that's when I I picked up on that. I need to create that environment in my own business. I need to bring that feeling of, of oneness, of community into into Fraser World Fitness and that's what I then spent the next two years doing at Marion Goodlife which was a crappy old run-down gym and if you've ever been there it's not changed since the day it opened and um, but it had that community you know I took my business down the road because I, I felt like that was a place that resonated the most with me it had people of all different ages genders and 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 builds in one space and I think that's you know, especially if you're working with clients who are brand new to the gym, you want them to feel comfortable. You want them to feel like they can step into this place and feel like they know they, they feel welcomed and comfortable. And I think there's some gyms out there that for new people can be a super, super intimidating place. And you're trying to get a client just to build some momentum and go to the gym three to five times a week. And they don't even feel comfortable coming to a PT session. Good luck with that.
0: Yeah. How do you go with just being solely online and accountability and keeping people actually doing the work that you set for them?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. hundred percent, because I think it's so easy. Uh, we would even experience this that if you've had a bad start to your week, quite often that can be it. If it's Tuesday, Wednesday, and you haven't hit a workout or maybe hadn't counted calories or been for a walk, it's so easy to write the rest of the week off. You've got no m- momentum behind you. Maybe things are going a little bit backwards. So I have two check-ins. I have two primary check-ins with my clients. So I do, so I with about 30 clients and I have five check-ins a day. And I have five secondary check-ins a day. So my primary check-ins are kind of bit like this. Like I've got a video up. This is why I have the whole setup, right? Like the camera, the the, the, the microphone, the headset, the whole lot. And I'm basically going over their account. We're following through maybe exercises I've gone through and their nutrition. Just go and try my best to still deliver that energy and that personability in the online service as well as like, this is just me being present. And it's funny. It's crude. It's everything I was in face-to-face just through a camera lens. So they don't actually have to be there for this call. It's, it's recorded on a, a platform called Loom. And then it's sent off them and they can range anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes, depending on, you know, what the clients going through at the time. And so we go through that whole check-in and they get one of those a week. And then they get a secondary check-in about four days apart where I then go over their account and maybe just check everything's moving the way it's moving. Because with PT PTD, the app that I'm using, it allows my clients to schedule their workouts on set days. So let's say, Luke, all right, I'm going to give you five workouts this week and I'm going to schedule them all on Monday. So you'll just see Monday has like Lower one, lower two, upper one, upper two, whatever, right? All your workouts for the week. Your job's then on Monday is to schedule those workouts across that week. So we know what days that you intend to go to the gym. Yeah. So then when I'm doing your secondary check-in, I can see what days that you were tending to get to the gym that week and make sure that the schedule is moving as we had initially planned. So that's that secondary check-in. I think that gives a lot of people that accountability to make sure they're taking their workouts off because that's what I found when I was doing face-to-face in that one 45-minute session, I might be able to give some value to that session, but I can't see how the rest of the workouts are going. What's one good workout if the other four or other two aren't up to the same standard? You know, we know that consistency is going to see the longest results. So With this online service, I'm able to now take a look at you know, maybe two to three exercises from every workout, maybe those harder ones that need the most technique form or the ones that you're going to push heavier loads on. And give you some real indication if if they're appropriate, you know, to see the results that we're, we're aiming for. And I think that I have seen
0: since going online a greater response and consistency than when I was face to face. And you put that solely down to. Checking in more frequently, which actually, even though you're not seeing them face-to-face, you are you probably have more contact. more percent way more contact, yeah.
1: yeah. Systems, systems are everything. I think I'm massive on, on the idea of having systems. And I think someone who both you guys are in business probably can relate to systems across the board, even in like your own personal accountability, right? Like a calendar is a really simple uh, you know, system or a to-do list. These are systems. So it's about having a support system in place for everything. Like on PTD, I can create a tick box for whatever metric we want. If that mm. metric could be... I've got a client who wants me to put a tick box so she takes her pills in the morning. We've got a tick box for that. So I can see if she's being consistent across the board there. And it's just this, this platform is all in one space that allows me to, to provide systems to support support people. Because I've been a, a client to yourself, Luke, and, and to four other coaches. And there's a lot of things you pick up being a client that you don't realize that you do as a coach that you don't like. But when you're a coach, sometimes you do something because it makes your job easier. But when you're a client, you might realize the hassle that that brings on board. You know, I've been a face-to-face client as a coach. Sorry, a face-to-face client with, with a coach. And I've been online client at clients and coaches as well. And it's things that I did in all of those services that I went, I don't like this. And I do this. And I remember I was doing like a leg press or a leg extension. And I was dying at the end of a set. And the guy goes, You ready? I'm not fucking ready. Why would you ask me I'm ready? But I say that to all of my clients because it's just what you do, right? You ready to go again? Like, no, I'm not. My legs are going to fall off. I'm not ready. Why are you asking such a stupid question? And it made me like empathize with my clients a little bit more like, oh my gosh, that's what I do. Uh, And filming videos. Like I've been asked to film like five videos before. I'm like, okay, I understand the value of filming videos, but do you need to see do I really need to whip my camera out for half an hour of this training session? Like, do I really value this enough to Mm -hmm. maybe ruin my gym session or stop my music from playing for five sets of my workout? Mm -hmm. So it's that middle ground of like, what is, what is the least I can ask my client to do? That's going to allow me as a coach to get the most amount of data to create the most amount of impact.
0: Path of least resistance.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah. That's a a good way to put it. Yeah. But I think also being a novice, like, like you say, it's like, experience from the other side, like as coaches or as anyone in any employment base, you become numb to being a novice so that when you meet, you know, you could be anyone and you see a client for the first time. And if you don't have that empathy or humility to be able to understand their perspective, because you haven't been there for so long, yeah. you're going to miss out on so much of that client's experience and you're going to struggle to build rapport straight off the bat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been there before. Where I just like overlooked it. And like you said, you can't empathize with it. We're having very different upbringings. And from someone like myself, who's always just loved exercise, like it is never a chore, it's something I always yeah. wanted to do. It yeah. was very hard for me to get my head around people not wanting to, and maybe why they weren't getting some stuff done. And, and that's something I learned from a coach when I missed a day. And he's like, hey, look, man, that's okay. I was like, huh? It's mm. okay. Like I missed a day. What's, I wasn't perfect. And then it's what I realized. Like, oh my gosh, I've been so hard. I've been so yeah. naive to think my clients were just as, as motivated as I was. And that's just not the case.
2: So, i got some questions around your online stuff as well. Like you, you said, you, you tried out a few different online platforms and you went with PTD. And I'm mm. curious about what drove you to that over other platforms. And also, are you still doing in-person work? Right now, there's no in-person work. I'd love to do some stuff. I just
1: want to find a space that is an environment where I don't have to pay massive amounts of money, maybe work with yeah. like three to five people. I think well, I'll come back to the platforms in a second, but what I valued so much about coming online is I wasn't tied to be anywhere at a certain time. Yeah. That was becoming a bit tedious. I was like, I really want to just play a sport or I've been starting jujitsu, Luke. You'd be proud mm-hmm. to know that. Uh, and uh i think just being able to do something that i really enjoyed around health Mm. and fitness it was such a hard thing to do because every time those those activities are on it's peak time for pt hours as you guys know you know we work mornings and nights we get the days off days off are great for shopping but that's really about it so (laughs) i started to realize that i'm losing the value of my own interest in in these things Mm. and and now when it comes to Platforms, there's a lot of good platforms out there. There were so many that I was like, This this element of this platform is amazing, or this, this way that they the way they upload the exercise videos, or the way you can enter in your data was perfect. Mm -hmm. Now, PTD by no means had it all, but it had probably the most of the tick boxes and the ability to just create and kind of like customize it in your own sense. Um, to make your own metrics. So i had been running off TrueCoach for years, for a very long yep. time. I'd uploaded a 500 video exercise library through TrueCoach. I'd put a lot of time into creating that. Now I had template exercises that could have lasted me years. And yep. uh, I was it was hes- I was I hesitant to make the change because it was good enough. And I knew that I could get away with it f- for for Young's. So I could keep going with that platform mm. and, and still make the service work. But I knew that I wanted to provide a better quality service. And I started to realize that I was implementing like External sources like maybe spreadsheets to fill the holes in the program, yeah. uh, and then again working with another coach, maybe some data or stuff that he was collecting that I could see gave him lots of value, yeah. um, but also gave the client like an opportunity to see more results. And I, I had to find ways to incorporate that in, into the system as well. And I think it brings a new level of professionalism to your product. You know, if you went to a PT who has an app and everything's there for you or you went to a PT who had it all in a spreadsheet already the client's ease of experience like you said the path of least resistance is to go with something that's just has way more systems around you know
2: supporting yeah. that yeah I think that accountability tool on PTD and I know that TrainRise has that as well um, just be out, like you say make those check boxes like cool What's what do you need to make sure that your day's a success I need yeah. to be reminded to feed my dog every day. Cool. I'll just put that in there. Like, you know, you can add all that sort of stuff in and it makes it way more personal Mm. um, to that client. And that's exactly what you're trying to create is that personal online experience. Yeah. That's something that I want to pride myself
1: in because I think there's a lot of people out there or maybe they're, I'm scared personally of the next path that looks like the intuitive senses to build a platform that can serve a large amount of people. Yeah. And I think I'm scared of leaning too far that way because I'm going to lose that personability. you going to lose yeah. that, that communication the client gets that one-on-one support that is so valuable. I think there's a lot of people who can get benefit from um, a product or like even for example, let's use, let's use group fitness because this is a example of something that you have a large Impact so sorry a, a large scale of impact so you, you're, you're impacting a lot of people but mm-hmm. maybe the impact is smaller than obviously the smaller scale of impact I'm having but on a on a, on a greater scale one on one so that the actual results might be greater than than being a group fitness environment and that's I think that's what I'm trying not to lose I really try to sell it as like you're part of a community I run at a yeah. capacity for a reason so you can have my divided time and energy and I, and maybe you guys have been here before where. You're you're coaching someone and you forget their brother's name, or you forget what they do for work, or you can't remember why they didn't come to PT last week, and that's when it gets scary. Like, oh, I'm just yeah, I'm not serving my clients as well as I could be.
2: What is that capacity?
1: For me, it's 30. I think yep. I've I've been above there and about that 35 line. Um, and it's not a time thing. it's really mm. is just uh, it's an ability to be there. Sometimes a client might, you might talk to a client every single day. So there's a communication through the app We can message that way. Yeah, And I might talk to a client literally every single day. And then there's times where I might not have a client for two weeks because they're they're doing good. Life is great. Mm. And, you know, work's going really well for them. They've got a lot less stress going on in life. They're smashing PVs every week. And it might just be a simple well done. But as we know, as humans, (laughs) that's not always how life goes. And it's nice to be able to be there when your clients are in their hardest point because that's when you also had the most impact. When a client's struggling the most and and your job is harder in a sense that you have to put more effort into the client, that's when you get a greater result, a greater greater impact uh, and you can offer the most support.
2: I'm curious with like the online then given, like, as I know this from having stepped out of a facility in terms of a client interaction Mm face-to-face standpoint for the past two and a half years, um, is you lose that that you know if you're in fitness you're more than more, more than likely an outgoing person right you're a bit more of an extrovert than an introvert not always but like you enjoy being around people yeah so a couple of questions along that line is like cool you've been down this online path you've got your capacity you're at this 30 but you're still exploring wanting to get back in to somewhere you can just have three to five is that to scratch that you know um eccentric itch or is like what what's the if you're at capacity and you want to give that value, mm. how are you finding this time, and and do you feel that you need that? Because maybe you're getting that from jujitsu now or something.
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. I think there is a lot that comes from to me coaching a brand-spanking new client, a freshy yeah. gym version, <laughs> and getting them from you know, in a face-to-face level, we can have impact very quickly. Yeah. You know, let's say you filmed me your deadlift. You've never touched a barbell bar before. You've watched an exercise video. You've watched my tutorial on how to deadlift. You put the big five kilo plates on and you just rip it off the ground. You've got no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some feedback. We're going to touch up on it. You're going to go again next week. Cool. You got 90% of what I said there. Maybe it didn't come across so clear on the camera. I can't physically cue you to get you into position or maybe I've tried a few drills and maybe by week three, deadlifts are looking good. We're at some load. Yeah. Maybe you guys both know this, we could do that in six minutes face to face. You know, I can get someone from never touching a bar before to lifting a pretty decent deadlift in a very small amount of time because yeah. the feedback is, is instant. Mm-hmm. And there is a, there. I think there's a hole here in what I do where there's maybe potentially a service that is like a path to online, like a six-week, eight-week course yeah, like that, that takes you to, here's the foundations of movement. Like here's some stuff that will just transfer to everything we're going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. We know the grade eight or whatever. Let's get those really like schmick in, in six to eight weeks. Maybe still with the side of an online service and get you moving there. I think that's one of the most rewarding things. I actually had a conversation with my barber, who's my client as well, saying how I'm jealous of how quick she can make me feel so good. Like I leave a haircut, I'm like feel like the sexiest person in the world. I'm like you have you have given me what I give my clients in like twelve weeks in like forty five minutes. I leave that What's
2: like that
0: phrase. I don't know if anyone caught that. I'm sure, there's an innuendo in there. <laughs>
2: there's a phrase in there. We can't get past. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs>
0: Just yeah, magnific, so, so good,
2: so oh. good. nice. Yeah, said, that's an extra service that costs Bar- extra.
1: Barbers, yeah, yeah, barbers
2: <laughs> are amazing for that for sure. It's true though. Oh. It's true. Barbers do make you feel unreal.
1: I was, and I'm so jealous of that. I'm so jealous of how quick that impact is, and you can. <clears throat> oh, gosh, it's not going to happen now, is it? I
2: can't. Say <laughs> Just quickly, no. my
0: barber. I, I I see a couple of different guys, and they <laughs> make me feel like shit every time. <laughs> going guy's forward? like. One guy was like, dude, yeah, we've got to keep your edges a bit longer. And yeah. one guy was like, can you trim up your eyebrows today? I was oh, like, oh. <laughs> okay. uh, man, hey, mate,
2: at least you've got eyebrows. I get stuck with one sometimes, eh? Straight
1: uh- <laughs> 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 down the middle. Nice. Show down the
2: middle. I've actually done something recent with my hair. I used to put
1: product on my hair since I was about seven. My older brother put product on his hair and I followed him and I always had gel in my hair my whole life. And this new look is just the most ease-free I guess similar to yours, Tom, where you don't have to do anything with it. You can just yeah. let it be. And I've, I, I I don't love it as much as I love my hair when it's spiked up, but it is so much less hassle. I don't have to like wash my hair before I go to bed or when I'm doing jujitsu, I'm not just swiping my like waxed head over someone else. That's a very nice feeling.
2: Yeah. No, I hear that. That was uh, a big benefit of shaving my head late last year. Yeah. It's like, great. Don't need to wear hats anymore. Just shave it. What so What kind much. of
1: hair did you have before you went short?
2: Oh, super long curly No hair. way. How yeah. wow afro yeah. afro vibes yeah. no way wow. go back go scroll, scroll back through the non, non-existent socials and you'll see it for sure yeah right <laughs> um wow so i get that 100 there's
1: a there's a something about that is just leading into this is how your hair is meant to look right this is this is who you are this is your way your body's designed to grow it and exactly. my partner just recently dyed her hair back to like her natural color i think like, good like maybe i did think it looked better blonde but i think this is what you look like this is where you design us fall in love are. with that You know, it makes life so much easier. It's one less decision. I probably have five t-shirts that this t-shirt in five different colors. And I have three pairs of pants and two pairs of shorts. The decision-making is gone out of my life.
2: Yeah. My, uh, my, uh, one of my bosses, he literally has like five of the same outfits. Yeah. So he will literally buy five of the same shirt tops and five of the same bottoms. And he's just like, wears them for a day in the wash. And so he like looks like he wears the same thing every day, but it's actually like different, even hats. He's got like five of the same hats. Yeah, wow. He sweats, just swaps them. It's a full family. Yeah, just take the decision out of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, right.
2: Um, Going Going back to the the online thing, just before we get get stuck on this um, (laughs) aesthetic apparel, uh, I really like the idea of that like ascension and retention um, tool that you might be trying to develop in that new client comes in, work with them for X amount of weeks, and like with the intention to get them online, like from the get-go, cool. the goal for you is to like, you don't need me. You just need maybe my programming or my accountability. Let's transition you online. But then with the goal of like, once you've peaked, you need to come back because like you're at the next stage. Let's get you back in person. Let's roll again. And like you have this undulating cycle. Mm. And just as a, in my brain, it's like financially, you just have a flat rate of like, cool, you're going to get the same, you're, you're getting a package whether it's in-person or online, you get an experience that you're going to get for it's 26 weeks or whatever it okay, is. I the first, yep. first seven weeks are in-person, the next 12 weeks are out of person, <clears throat> and the last seven weeks are in-person, and then we roll mm-hmm. that way. But you're buying a whole package as opposed to you're buying my time every minute. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just where my brain goes with it, And you can go, yeah. cool, I've perfected my deadlift. Now what? It's like, oh, well, your mobility sucks. So that's what we've got to focus on. Or yeah. I want to do ollies, or I want to do whatever it is. And you can get them back in that way. Yeah that constant
1: return i like that term. yeah there is one flaw too of course face-to-face is that it limits you to where you can coach and i think now as i've gone online yeah the my reach has changed mm. um you know i had a client for a small while there who was in switzerland i don't know how he found me um it didn't even it's just like english was his third language i said how'd you come across me
0: let's see um, and that was an interesting
1: how did he oh, instagram yeah instagram right wow. Instagram does wonders, hey, the, the amount control. of reach you can have. its 100%. That's actually, if you guys are willing to go into this today, a conversation I would like to have is delivering content at a level where you're trying to have engagement and education come across in and maybe what the best format is about this. So obviously you guys right now are doing it in the sense that you're giving long form content, uh, mm-hmm. content so we can explore rabbit holes like this one, for example. Uh, talk about every nuance of the topic. So make sure that we're not, you know, painting everyone with the same brush.
0: Mm -hmm. But
1: we have most likely less impact because it's not as engaging. It takes people to sit through, to hear every point of the topic, of the conversation. Maybe they drive to work and they they drive to work is only 30 minutes and the podcast goes for an hour and a half. They won't listen to it all. And then there's opposite. We go like TikTok. It's like the polar opposite. It was like six, 10 seconds long. Mm -hmm. Three facts that are maybe going to hit 10% of the audience the right way. Another 90% of is going to hate you for it because it doesn't relate to them or they're going to think you're going to give them an eating disorder in two seconds. They're, and I've fallen down this hole as well. I was like, I've got my reels are like 90 seconds. Like I try, you know, I'm trying to bring home some education, like who I know who I'm talking to, but also just because I'm talking to my clients or, you know, the people that I work with the most, doesn't mean that's what it reaches. It reaches, I had a reel the day, got 500,000 views. I'm on a reel that it was, it's the most stupid reel ever. I'm weighing butter on a scale to a like trending sound. It goes for about 10 seconds long. And the comments are just like, this is an easy way to get an eating disorder, you know, nice eating disorder, all this stuff. And I, I get their point. Like, yeah, you're probably right. Like if this comes across the wrong person they just start weighing everything like this, like I can see that happens. But mm. for my clients who've been counting carries for six months and maybe can't see why they're having extra hundred carries a day, it's like, hey, try this, just try weighing your butter. Like here's an easy example. But then how do you, or maybe we don't know the answer to this question? Where's that perfect line? Where's that bridge?
2: I think um, the way that I'd knuckle down there is, is basically go, you need to figure out what the avatar of the person you're trying to reach is. So like, who is it you're trying to market yourself towards and no publicity is bad publicity. Right. So those people that are going to like talk shit or like, you know, take the, you know, Oh, you, you're only accounting for 95% of the population. I like, no shit, <laughs> like whatever. Um, it's like, great, like buy in, get me more get me more views, get me more, like re- respond, have the conversation. Mm. Um, but I think it's most important to go, cool, who am, I, who am I trying to service? Who is that demographic? Who is that person? What is their name? What are their job? And if you can niche down that far, you're then going to find out, cool, what, what platform are they on? Mm. How do they learn? Do they Are they visual learners? Are they auditory learners? Are they, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that's how you're going to actually really whittle down towards what platform you need to use. And I would say, regardless, depending on your per- personality, you're going to find like actually get people in through bite-sized information and then they become clients. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to listen to the 90 minute podcast. They're going to like, right. Oh, right. where is that blog post? That's a good point. Yeah. Like all that sort of stuff. Oh, where's your mailing list? I'll sign up to a mailing list. Who the fuck does email list anymore? Yeah. Like, but people still sign it's up. Still doing. People yeah. still have them. Why? Yeah.
0: So you've got that avatar, don't you? Froze? your you're, seems like you're quite it, set. Like your Instagram bio literally says, it like I work with people that work 40 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah,
1: You've I know I know avatar. who that person is for sure. And I think like you said, like no publicity is, is bad publicity, but here's my counter to that. And I agreed with that for a long time. What if your goal isn't to have, like I, I couldn't, the, the worst thing that could happen to you right now is I get Instagram famous. That would be the torturous because just a glimpse at this one video, for example, like that, imagine people who do have 500,000 followers, right? And there's yeah. plenty of them. And uh, who constantly had that much attention to eyes? It's like now your niche audience is so big and so so different. And like I said to you, my capacity is thirty people. i got mm. two thousand six hundred followers on Instagram. If I convert like zero point five percent of that audience into a client, I'm at capacity. I don't need I don't need five hundred sets of hundred thousand sets of eyes. Me. I need I need two new ones every yeah. week. You know, two yeah. new ones who generalise to that message every week. And so it's so easy on social media to get caught up in the the analytics, everything, you know, my, my phone still, if I open up Instagram right now, it'll have a hundred love heart notification. That's the maximum amount of notification you can have. Every time I open my phone and it's been like that for the last two weeks from the same 500,000 view post. I don't know how to turn it off. So every time I open up, I just spam with these notifications and, it's, and you know what Instagram's like. It just takes your attention straight away. You click on it, you get obsessed with this whole idea of refreshing the growth, the, the engagement, mm. the interaction. When quite often, the people who who might turn into a client I've found don't even comment on it something, probably don't even like something. They might you know, follow me and then I, they, they, they hear a call to action just at the right time when they maybe weren't feeling themselves or had had a conversation previously about wanting to take a step into the right direction on my story. And that's mm. when the action comes from. And I think... It's the social media, the 90 seconds is to get people to the page who agree with that content as a follower, not as a viewer. So I think Mm. I got to throw views out the window because I think after getting, and and we know how inflated these numbers are and how quickly they count a view, you know, someone could scroll past your video. I'm pretty sure that counts as a view from my understanding on like an Instagram reel or TikTok, but that doesn't mean they sat there and watched it for 90 seconds. Yeah. And how valuable was, I think it's over like 10,000 likes, right? 10,000 likes on this 500,000 view butter reel. um. To me, is not as valuable as 15 likes on a 90 second video or five people watching this podcast. I think the mm. longer the content, the smaller the number, because the impact and the persuasion that you're having in the longer time format is going to, in return, be better for business or better for like the transfer to a client. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Well, you've got that pyramid of sales, right? Where it's like the bottom part is you know all the people that might see it. And then the next little sliver up are the people that might engage with it. Yeah. The next little sliver up is people that, you know, engage and then maybe share it. And then the people at the very, very top, which might be the 0.5% or whatever, are the people that are actually going to buy. So yeah. you don't, like, what, what is your outcome? Why? Because you post a lot of content and it's all really That's good it. stuff. It's yeah. very consistent and it looks good and the messaging is clear. But what's the outcome?
1: I think the outcome is to find a point of information that a client has contacted me on. So this is how I design content concept at the moment. I'll have a, like, obviously I'm talking to my clients all the time and you forget what your clients don't know. And there's a, there's a rule or a law. I can't remember what it is where when you learn something, you, f- you just assume everyone else knows it. And I'm, I'm a sucker for this. I have learned something and I'm like, Oh, everyone knows that now. Oh, i two mm-hmm. weeks later too I just forget. And it, it is about coming to the basics. Like for example, that, that butter reel, Came about because my my barber, who makes me feel good, um, <laughs> she she's like, ah, oh, I just started weighing my 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 food, and you know we just started counting calories on a weight loss diet, and you know we'd been counting calories for six weeks, and I hadn't even told her to weigh her food. I just assumed I just assumed that that would just be expected of her, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to you know reinform this information. So that's where my content ideas come from. It's normally just a conversation I've had with someone. Um, and then I just turn that into some kind of format of hopefully engaging, hopefully passing across how I am as a person in the content. And then I don't try to have a call to action. I normally just make it obvious that you probably need a personal trainer at the end of it. Like, Hey, you probably need to see a personal trainer. Um, and I keep that broad and I, and I keep that broad across um, all of my means of, I guess, generating leads is it's not, you need me, it's, you need, you need support, you need coaching, because mm. I do massively believe that the, the, group fitness industry will always have a place the you know bodybuilding coaches will always have a place the coaches who work on mindset will all have a place it's not like it's my way the highway there's very much yeah. a space for everybody here and you know there's enough people for us for all to feed like i don't believe that my coaching services is better than anyone else's i think i had this conversation with uh, you know brad luke yep. um you know about his quality of service i said if all of your clients came across to me i bet you nine out of ten of them would go back to him not because the service is better than me, just because I'm an asshole and people would hate me after like 10 seconds. But <laughs> there's a reason his clients are his clients because they are gravitated towards his service. Not, not his results, not his product. It's, it's, it's personal training. I think we are so much of the product. Whereas F45 is a, is a brand, right? It's just like a, that's what people are attracted to. There's not, the personal rapport isn't there. So when that gets uh, you know, a red strike against its name, it's so much easier to leave than when someone personal that knows you or is the face of a brand gets a, the red mark.
0: You think it becomes an issue if people solely rely on their personality to get them clients and their service actually isn't that good?
1: Yeah, there's that too, right? I I I would actually say I would prefer someone as a coach who was just was really had really good personality and care about their clients, maybe didn't know what they're doing, compared to someone who was super educated and had no, or at least if you can see that someone's endeavoring to grow or you know be better. You can be assured that they're giving you their best all the time. Cause I think there's a lot of people out there that I've met in the industry like, wow, you're a genius. You know, 10 folds of what I know. Why do you only have five clients? Because you can't communicate the information or you don't have enough rapport for them to respect your information or they're not accountable. Like you can have the best principles in the world and have a really good understanding of, you know, hypertrophy or whatever. But if your client doesn't show up to the gym, it doesn't matter. It's useless information. If you can just get Susie to just walk into the gym on a treadmill and because you care and you're enthusiastic I would argue that she's going to get better results than going to see PhD David for everything. Actually, I know a guy with a PhD who's called David. I feel bad now.
2: That's not what I meant.
0: Calling him out. Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah
2: I've, I've been in the industry for quite a long time, and that that never true was word was said. Like I see a lot of people, and you just look around big box gyms and all that sort of stuff, and you're like, kind of think yourself, how the fuck do you have clients? Like I've seen some of your methods. What the hell? And they're just people. People. Mm. They just know how to hold a conversation. They know how to build a relationship. Their clients maybe maybe. They haven't gotten results in six months or whatever yeah. it is, or a year. It's like, why is this? It's like, oh, they just want to be with you. Yeah. You've just got an infectious personality and I want to be around you. Yeah. And I can spe- speak for myself. I was very much like technical coach, like love to make sure that, you know, hey, the, the benefit of this movement is actually this. You shouldn't be doing it that way because you're not yielding a good result. And um, It took me a little bit of a while of like, I've got to actually build relationships here. I've actually got to be a little bit more like, They're not just going to go, oh, cool. Like I need to mobilize my ankles because my coach told me. Yeah. They couldn't give a fuck if they don't like you. So, um, yeah, the learning curve for me, I was definitely one of those that just like, but I know everything. Like, but I know all this sort of stuff. Or maybe not every, definitely not everything. But like I knew a lot. That'd be hard Um, to watch as well, seeing someone who you know that like is just chatting shit, being
1: successful, you know, in terms of
2: clients, that must be hard to really watch. Even like you say, like you're building an online presence. And the first thing is like, how do I build a community online? Mm -hmm. Because that's what people want to be a part of people yeah. want to be a part of something yeah. very few people just want to be alone in this world some do for sure and they're like all for it but the majority like we're we're mob mentality individuals so we want to be around people we want to be around something and so it's imperative when you go online to build a community otherwise you will suffer because yeah. people will just like switch in and out so like, eh, don't really get the same vibe yeah um but yeah i definitely felt that uh, that, that yeah you need to you need to be a a nice guy for yeah. at least 45 minutes per person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to maintain right.
2: to maintain clients. There's a nice
1: point where you get to um, and I had this conversation with my dad the other day. Uh, I had I had put something on my Instagram story and it had the word penis in it. And dad goes, oh, Aren't you worried that you know you're gonna turn away people who aren't gonna be your clients? I <laughs> Is said, <that> my penis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, uh, I know, I said, I think the more people who can see who you genuinely are, and there's only a point that you can do this. You can't unfortunately okay. do this from the start because when we start, we need every lead you can get. You're going to train every everyone. You're going to do the the one session a month. You're going to do whatever. And now we've obviously all being there. But it's nice to be the place to go, I can be my truest self. Mm. And if I do a fence I want, intentionally or not, that it's like cool i don't have to pretend like i'm aligned with this person and sell them a product that i'm not because again so much of my service is who i am as a person the last thing you want is someone to not align with you or feel like you're clashing heads in every check-in or when you say hey look i don't think you know you've done enough this week you want that to come across and sense that this person understands that i'm saying that because i care about them not because i hate them or they already have a perceived um you know idea of who i am or what i'm aware of that's coming from so it is nice when you get to a point and it's only been for me in the last year where i can like okay, cool. I don't have to coach everybody. I don't have to take everyone on board. And maybe, you know, we've been in places we've taken on someone on board and maybe they weren't ready for PT. And that's been a lesson in itself. And like I said, you right at the start of this. I think so much of what I know is just from doing things wrong for so long as well. Making mistakes is the, the best lessons you can learn.
2: Yeah. You've got to push through that boundary. Hey, like if you see a lot, and I'm sure Luke, you can attest to this as well. I've trained quite a few. It's like you see a lot of people like try for six months. Like what is it? It's like those that get the qual six months later, it's like half the number of people that are qualified as a PT. Mm. As PT. Like mm. it's a grind for years mm. because of that learning curve, because like a lot of people just want to jump straight online. Like I'm a PT now. Yeah. I've got this product. Why aren't people buying it? Like yeah. what solution are you solving? What problem? How can you, What you know, you're, you're coming at it from a monetary aspect, not a service aspect, which this is like health is the biggest service industry there is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, 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 you witness that weekly I feel
1: yeah there's so many lessons to be learned on the gym floor that aren't in your qualification you can't be yeah yeah I say I always say this that unfortunately to be a PT it's the easiest barrier of entry like I I said to guys I wasn't academically you know smarter and achiever Mm -hmm. or anything and I would never even done an exam in my life and here I am you know trying just icing my way through PT course. Like oh, it was nothing. Like that doesn't really sound right, does it? Yeah. And then you're given the responsibility of helping someone with diabetes. You know, mm. well, that's a lot. Um, and it's a shame that there is such a, a small barrier to entry and um, to be qualified i think there should be a a bigger gap there should be a cert five or whatever there should be something more um yeah than what, than what we get because i think and luke did a really good job of this when we were in the course he said you'll leave here with more questions than answers and it was so true i was like mm. cool like i just learned everything that i don't know like wow like here's all the questions i had and then you're on your unique journey to form your own um own I guess rolling around how you want to run a service because there are so many ways that you can take it, and there are so mm-hmm. many niches in the fitness industry itself. There are so many things that you can achieve. There's, there's so many different ways about it. There's, and I think actually I love um, Revel, the product you know that you guys are working with is is it's that perfect balance of community and quality. I think there's so many people that fall and I use F45 example as I work for them. Like this is like a super good community, but the quality is, is just gone. Like in terms of results and actually like the product, I don't think it's there. It's like, Luke has that a bit balance with, with Rebel where we go, this has like an amazing quality. And like I've done your classes. I know what it's like. I know that the thought of the brains that go behind the programming of that. I know that there's principles here that are gonna yield results. And um, But there's still this amazing community. I think that's something that is super hard to do. And there's a very few places that pull it off. Um, but I think that's that's going to, yeah, I guess I'm envious of, of, of that as well. Like you're mm. still able to have large impact, large results community. Like it's such a cool product.
0: I was actually going to say earlier when you brought up F45 and how you saw that as like an opportunity to gain clients and have leads and stuff.
1: I didn't see it as an opportunity. Think- it just became an opportunity.
0: Sure sure yeah you probably didn't go in there thinking all right it's like rubbing your hands together yeah like look at all these idiots (laughs) (laughs) i don't uh i don't see the same opportunity with a group fitness in Mm -hmm. rebel um that offers that high standard where it's like i'm essentially pting you know 15 people at a time here because i believe in the in the product and i wouldn't own part of it if i didn't Mm. did you do you have anything to say about that, like yeah, what
1: I think, like you said, because you you do bridge that gap. So, like let's paint picture of f 45. We use like foam barbells, so the barbells all have foam padding on it. So we're already like starting there. Uh, the That's weights, the, the yeah. So like the no, barbells no, no, no. are like uh, like small. Like, I think like Les Mills, like group fitness barbells. Yeah, okay with the small clips on the ends, you know, and the, all the barbells are, are padded. Like they have like a nice soft padding. Like that's the, these are the people you're starting with. Yeah. And you know, you have to explain what knurling is or like what an Olympic barbell is. Like that's the barrier mm. that we have to go with. So that's why I make those on Instagram. Like, this is a barbell. Like, did you know there was a difference between barbells? Whereas you guys walk in and you start there. That's where your starting point is. Yeah. Which I think is a far better appropriate starting point, but even regress to that people who are at 45 have come from, the Les Mills, the body attacks, the no weight stuff, the mm. basically borderline dance classes, right? And then f W five is, is an already a big jump to them. And um, I guess it's so much intensity that they think how hard you work is, you know, and we know this across the board is, you know, a product of the results that you'll see, where right? it's quite often a, a what you're doing is probably more important than how hard you're doing it. Well, actually, mm. I guess that could be argued as well. So I think, yeah, you probably don't have a big transfer because maybe if someone did step away from Revel, they wouldn't walk into a, a, a commercial gym and say they want to take it on their in their own hands. And they want to take their training in their own, you know, they, maybe they move or whatever. They wouldn't feel as unfamiliar in a space. They'd recognize a lot of the equipment. They would know what a barbell is. They know how to put clips on. They know how to set up for a deadlift. They're not these things aren't foreign to them anymore. Whereas I think it would became people would see with the growing change of Instagram and influencers. That the commercial gym was the space to be, or you know, these big weights were what people were working with, and we understand that we need some load to see some results. And so for them, I guess no. At the time, I was also a one-on-one coach as well at Looking at 45 It became like the 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 most easiest. I guess we go to that, like you said, the point. Uh, what's the path of least resistance to go to a commercial gym because they knew me. They already knew a little Mm. bit of me. They knew who I was. So. I can understand why you wouldn't have as big of a transfer to one-on-one clients because they probably don't need it as much as those people who are, who were at a, a gym like that. And I, even over, just as I was leaving, maybe like two years ago, they started to kind of shift a little bit. I think they had a shift in the way they programmed. So their programs, if we were, was like, something different every week, like every yeah. single week was, was brand new. I think they're you know, like, their program rotation was like every day for maybe, God, God it had to be like 12 weeks blocks, right? And every workout was different. And they maybe had the same name and the name would just represent the timings um, and the amount of exercises. So the amount of rest time between exercises and how many exercises on the floor. But those exercises could be a, a variety of different things. And they would obviously have strength days and resistance the and cardio days, but like strength days just meant like you did a star jump with a dumbbell in your hand rather than a star jump without a dumbbell. Yeah. A strength training. So I guess again, like it's such a big jump, but in saying that, I think there's still always a place for something like F45, as much as I think the quality in terms of results is not, not amazing now. And I saw myself like stepping further back from that and realized it wasn't aligning with the product that I was giving to my face-to-face clients, but I still would stand by F45. I still go and do an F45 class. I still think they still belong in this industry. I think I've seen them. We, we had 300 members there and they left absolutely buzzing. And ultimately, like yeah. what am I trying to do as a coach is have impact. And if I can create a better relationship with someone and their training, yeah that's that's winning i don't care what you are doing. i don't care if it is star yeah. jumps with dumbbells in your hand it's better than not than what you were doing before and that's all i care about and even if you don't progress cool you're enjoying it you've created a better relationship that's going to have long-term results yep you're not going to be shredded yep you're not going to be super fast but you're going to get better at being doing f 45 and that is to me a positive
2: yeah one thing i'm big on is like fitness doesn't have a brand like ah. you know health doesn't have a brand like there's, there's there's enough space in the market there's enough space for people to find what their niche is and that's comes down to the coach that comes down to the product that comes down to their mobility or their demographic. Like you could offer the exact same, you know, you could have rebel targeted towards 18 to 25 year olds and you can have rebel targeted 40 to 50 year olds. Like, yeah, like it's exactly, could be similar products, but it's just different demographics or, you know, the ambiance of the gym is different or whatever that is. There's so much room in this industry for for niching down, which is why I love it. And why I think again, like you say, it's so easy to get in the industry, but you really need to have a point of difference. And while we go all the way back to who's the avatar, of the person you're trying to service. If you want mass, then you're you're casting your net this big. You got to deal with all the shit. Yeah. Um, but if you go niche, then you know you're going to be a lot more specific and be able to really knuckle down and help one particular group of people really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true.
0: What would you say your goals? Talking about you, kind of more individually now. What would you say your goals are of the next? 12, 24 months, five years. Have you got anything that you're really, really working towards, or are you just nope. happy that you're doing this online <laughs> transition? I guess, um, I
1: I never. You could never told me I was going to be an online coach. Never. I would be like, nah, no, no. I'm a face-to-face coach. This is what I do. Like, I think yeah. I, I've just learned that I constantly, like, even now, I've just got things that I'm just trying to do. I'm grinding a bloody book for all I know. Like, I'm just trying stuff and. I think I just have this intuitive sense of learning. I get this from my dad and he can really resonate with me where he's been to like a seminar, right? Like a, a motivational seminar. And even what you guys said today, like you gave what I said a title or a principle. Like you said, oh, Fraser, that's the path of least resistance. Like I, I guess I knew that subconsciously. But I didn't know I was doing that. It was an intuitive thing for me. It's like, oh, it just makes sense. It just clicks. Mm-hmm. And I think I just keep discovering and finding these principles that obviously are out there and are true, but you just, you create them true with your own belief system around how they come about, right? So I guess it's so hard for me to look long-term ahead i would say that if i didn't peak any further than this year i would be happy for a very long time like i've always been happy in what i'm doing and um, i never felt like I, I didn't i didn't change out of being a face-to-face coach because i didn't enjoy it Like I, I could have stayed there and been happy it was just an intuitive growth it was just me enjoying what i'm doing like i know that i had a conversation with a guy and um, well, you know I, uh, I called someone before i went online who was a pretty successful coach? He's like 20, 22 years old, making like $500,000 this year as an online coach. Next year, he wants to make 3 million. Like, he's really on par to, to do really well for himself financially as a coach. And he's got big aspirations. And I said to him, like, What does this path look like? And he, he started rattling off all these crazy ideas. He goes, You need to be charging this much. Your product is amazing. You can be doing this. You know, I offer less than you, but you do this. And I think this could you'll do this much money or this much income. And then your clients could do this. And then, boom, like, selling these massive packages. And he painted me like a scenario where I could make $500,000 this year. And it was amazing. Like, cool, that's a lot of money. But it also came with a lot of stress, came with a lot of like extra work. And I thought, ultimately, probably not what makes me happy the most. You know, I realized that over time that money isn't the answer to what I'm looking for here. You know, Providing service and having time is probably what's more important. Like I know that when I'm the happiest, it's the moment where I've got a basketball and I'm just shooting hoops in a bit of sunshine. And that's free. Like, it doesn't cost me anything. So like having these goals around money, I realized in that moment was not something I was after. And I could see the strife that he had. And he was super passionate about it. Uh, And he said, I told him that and he goes, I envy you. He says, you have what I want. He says, you just have this calmer sense of like this goal that you're just achieving right now. So it's like, I'm on such a grind, just chasing, 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 chasing that. I'm not able to enjoy those moments. Uh, And that's when I realized that like, oh, everything I have is everything I want. You know, anything that comes extra is just because if I had more income now, it just means a nicer house which already would say i could live in a pretty nice place it means a nicer car i'd argue my car's pretty nice as it is it's just more money just means more things it's not more money wouldn't actually give me any more value in my life it would just upgrade the things that i already have so i think for me it's about how can i spend my time and as i said digging up jujitsu or just skateboarding more or throwing a basketball or enjoying my own training or having time with my partner those things that like where I get the most value from now. And it's just, Mm. I think I'm at a really good place now where my my work relationship and my my own time relationship is really good. And I can have uh, more time to fill my own cup and and give value that way. So I don't think I've got any big goals in the next five years, but it wouldn't surprise me if I
2: achieve some big things in the next five years.
0: Oh, you hundred percent, Will. I just wondered if you had your your eyes set on anything (laughs) in particular. I can can guarantee.
2: I think there's such a, the, the approach you're taking there is really, powerful for people to hear because a lot of especially like the younger demographic um and i want to chuck myself in there as well um but you
0: you're know, not going old then
2: yeah <laughs> i keep getting called young t so i'll take it uh yeah we, we there's this sense of like oh like entrepreneurialism or like i've got to hustle i've got to buy a house i've got to get the nice car i've got to do these things to get things mm. whereas i like the idea that you've just presented of like no you should be doing stuff to have more time like i got a, a colleague of mine who's a Close friend as well, and he's like, "I just want more time. Like, I want to work to have more time to do more things that I want to do. So as soon as I've got that time, I'm good. Like, as soon as the finance that I can have, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, as soon as I can earn that income to have that yeah. time, yeah, why would I want to chase more?
1: It's so hard though because re- the the principle like regression to the mean, right? We we we, are we upscale ourselves? Like, mm. as we earn more income, we just like, oh fuck, now I've got more expenses, and it's like I yeah. realize more money, more problems. That is a real thing. Like, you he was so, on the one. It's so easy to create. Yeah, and outsource for that, Yeah, um, you know, that income that you're making. And then you always feel like you had the same amount of money. Like I feel just as wealthy as I was when I was working at Toys R Us when I was 16 because I lived at mum and dad's house. I didn't pay rent. Like the only thing yeah. I paid for was, you know, maybe I made $300 a week, but I didn't pay for anything. So $300 a week was my money.
2: And your toys were discounted as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Paid half price Lego. I was yeah. <laughs> sorted. Um, and yeah, that's something I think I'm experiencing now. It's like, wow. There really is a true saying, isn't it? More money, more problems. You just create more more reason. And then what you got to be careful of is you might, let's say you do, and I increase my income $500 a week. Cool. I'll get a nicer car, get a loan down on a car. I then have to like have this upheld pressure to have that income because if I don't get an income, I can't pay for my car. So although Mm. you might might make $3,000, $4,000 a week, yeah, 2,000 of that's already locked away straight away. That's your minimum before you pocket anything. So this guy yeah. I was talking to who making so much money. I asked him how much he pocketed at the end of the day and he's making like 10 five times a amount of what I'm making. We had the same amount of money in the day. It's like, you're just spending so much and growing that yeah. there's, not a, there's not actually an opportunity for you to enjoy that, that income. Mm. And you've just got so much more stress on your hands, which is good for him. Like he, he wanted to create like a fishing business and like, you know, have his own brand down the road so I can see why he's doing this. Yeah. But again, like with me not having like any goal or real out, outsource for that, that, that income, it didn't seem necessary.
0: mm mm-hmm. I can see you, um, and maybe I could um, help you with something to, to set your eyes on if you need help. All right, but let's go. maybe selling your IP, maybe helping other coaches develop their own version of FWF, LWF,
1: Maybe Ward, <laughs> you get my last name as well. Ward, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, adopt me. I, actually, it's funny <laughs> to say that. I think that there's like an intuitive part of that already. Like I already feel yeah. like I've had this conversation with with people. Like even just over the last two months i probably helped two or three people in this sense and i think more people need to communicate and talk and that's why i like talking to luke i'm only on this podcast today because i want to talk to luke this guy won't catch up with me for breakfast in the longest time i was going to sabotage it in the first five minutes so sorry tom we can have a up.
0: <laughs> we'll catch up later this week 100% later this week we can double down on the conversation i've heard that all
1: before i reckon <laughs> uh i'm not sure if you guys know mr beast the youtuber mm. yep. i love this guy so he's like obviously millions of subscribers just like the most bog standard nerdy looking dude ever and just provides like really entertaining videos with the most like crazy ideas and he's been a lot of podcasts and he talks so many things i just wish everyone was hearing and um, like he said he'll go out for a walk every day and he'll just pull out his phone he just facetimes everybody he knows just everybody knows and just talks and just gets ideas of these people and he said he's like facetime youtubers who are nowhere near as successful as him who are like almost hesitant on sharing their ideas because they think like he'll steal them he says like you're so stupid because if we just all shared our mistakes we would all have better services like there's plenty of mouths to feed here and i think there's certain people who yeah don't communicate with each other because what they think they have is so special and unique like uh an example on my Instagram videos, I put subtitles. Like I searched so long to find how to do those certain subtitles a certain way that I'd seen from someone else's video because I was just too embarrassed to ask I didn't want to make them feel like I was stealing what like they had been doing. Mm-hmm. But if we just all came get and say, like, hey, like the, I've tried this, doesn't work, and like, this is my experience from that, like we would all have a combined experience of years and years and years of mistakes that we could actually just come together and increase the value of our products, like it's tenfold. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like whether I I know what's right or wrong. It's like, here here's a shit I did that just didn't work. Like here's four years of stuff or like just trying that didn't stick. And uh, a good mate of mine has started as a, as a PT. He just left the Navy and he's been PT for like three, four months. And he's like skyrocketed in the first 12 weeks. Like he's where I was at two years in 12 Mm. weeks. And it's been both like obviously really good, but also had some detriments to it as well, because like we talked about, there's so many lessons that you learn from these mistakes that probably hold more weight when you've actually made the mistake. So I, it's like the saying, don't touch the stove, it's hot. Cool, I hear that. Touch the stove, burn your hand, you'll never fucking touch the stove again because you remember that lesson. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to teach them so many lessons, like some mistakes, hmm, listen man, I don't think that's gonna work, maybe that's not, I can hear what you're, you're trying to do with that, like let me paint the picture for you from a more realistic perspective. And again, it's allowed him to get so far so quickly. Like he's retaining all of his clients in the first 12 weeks. If you guys remember your first 12 weeks as a PT, you see like a hundred clients and no one stays around because you're terrible at what you do. Because (laughs) because he's come in the door with PT distinction. You know, even just that, for example, like a really good quality platform to provide a service from. Yeah. as we talked about earlier i came in with pieces of paper i didn't even have paper on my first couple of classes pulled some shit out of my ass and just said push-ups right like it mm. was just whatever i could whatever was free however many reps i counted at the time like it didn't make sense and then mm. that's now given me an understanding of value for ptd because i can see what this does compared to that so as much as there is lessons to be like learned around communicating and talking and growing each other's businesses maybe it is important to experience it at the same time
0: so good, dude. Yeah, I think you can uh, definitely you learn a lot f- from experience. Yeah, and but also you learn a lot from teaching. So maybe you've learned something uh, from teaching Daniel. Yeah. if you, if you, I'm sure you're referring to Daniel about yeah, um the Navy guy. Yeah. Um, have you learned anything from teaching him? Were you like, oh, actually, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The reason right. why I bring that up is because when I was teaching the PT qual like memorizing those two textbooks, essentially, I was like, oh, okay. Like this, you know, it's all starting to finally click. Like I can understand it more because I was teaching it.
1: Yeah. There is a lot of value in teaching, isn't it? And I think that you're so right when you, it just, it sticks better or even just talking about it out loud makes you like conceptualize what it was into a lesson. Like, oh, that's an experience. But here's the, here's the one liner from that, you know, six months of doing something wrong or, you know, whatever. I, one of my favorite things I say to someone is like, I remember probably like week two of having a client and she was pregnant while she just had a baby. And I was trying to explain to her intensity. And I didn't really have a grasp of RP and RAR at the time. I was more so just talking Mm -hmm. about like how hard we can work in the gym. And I used the example, this is 18 year old Fraser. I love this. (laughs) I said, all right, imagine 10 out of 10 is you're giving birth. And she just looks me dead in the eye and goes, I had a (laughs) (laughs) C-section. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh fuck! There we go. Let's don't say that again." <laughs> it was that lesson. Uh, And that's something that like you you teach that story or whatever and you pull the lesson out of like communication there's a a whole topic around that there like the Mm. mistake was there and then it's a lesson um my father works with um like people who are unemployed and helps them get jobs like writes their resumes for them or like write some of them them. they go out and they apply for jobs and i've been through there and had a talk about like kind of how i became into the industry similar to what we're doing today where i started and stuff and i started writing some stuff down because i wanted to become cross-professional and i realized like I could bullet point this into like 10, 15, just single individual lessons or one-liners that just deliver, you know, that the years of you know, information I'd learned. And I'm still so young. I'm not trying to say that I've done years and years and years. And I actually found, well, I think my father shared this with me. It was like a 70 year old's birthday. He goes, here's like 103 things I've learned in 70 years. And I was like, I have to read this. And it really just was like one-liners, like, like 103, just one-liners, a just 70 years of experience. And there's, like I said to you again, in that children's sense, like so many of those lessons are like, ah, I know I know that, but I didn't know that's how you said it. Well, I didn't know that's how you could teach it. I didn't know how that's yep. how you could portray it. Like I've experienced that before. Like the more money, more problems, right? We know that. But when you when you get more money, you go, oh, like, that's what they're saying. Like that's yeah. what they're meaning with that. Is that don't, I don't want really to ask you a question there, did look. Uh, yes, I'll help PTs. <laughs> I got ADHD.
0: Yeah. No, that's perfect, man perfect sick dude well, thanks like, so much man yeah um you got some
2: no it sounds like you just got like a lot of passion about the industry and a lot of passion is to continue to grow and i think that's why people succeed it's like just that like oh cool like not not always what next but just like let's just get really good here and like like you say you know you can see how other people do things to make them successful and imita- imitation is the greatest form of flattery there's nothing new in this world yeah, like really uh, especially when it comes to health and fitness eating a deficit and um you should lose weight like it's pretty straightforward should. um <laughs> and just progress like progress accordingly it's just the way you deliver that the way you market it put yourself out there try something suck at it try again that's it not running. being
1: prepared to suck at something I have, i've also run a podcast and i think there's a lot of lessons that come from from that it's mm. like wow there's and my brother's had this he goes i envy how much you just don't like care about failure like i think failure is such an important tool it's of like it, measuring success it's just data like i love data right like how i think if you're not failing you're probably not pushing close enough to where you need to be pushing you need, you need to be making constant mistakes in areas because then you know that you're in the realm of growth because we know yeah. that from the failure there's a lesson and then that's what, what gives you an opportunity of growth um yeah so no, thanks man i do appreciate you putting it into words like that that does make me think about it differently and uh, i think just about like you said it's just identifying if you you could put everything on a spectrum or a chart like what's lacking here like where's my least education help? bring that up cool just keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing because there's like an infinite amount of knowledge you can learn there's definitely uh th- look i think i've heard you say this before i'm going to butcher it for sure paralysis from analysis by um, analysis yeah. yeah right like the more you learn the more you struggle to yeah to understand something or like you know, take it and i've done seminars where i've learned about rpe and then i've gone and given all my clients like an rpe spectrum that periodizes them perfect to a point and then you realize that your clients aren't athletes and they work you know 70 hour weeks and have stresses in their lives and you're like why aren't we hitting a one rr this like <laughs> you know this week and yeah goes, oh, there's a lesson
2: there so jen paul yeah yeah <laughs> jen paul that's right pretty much yeah. unreal man well, thanks
0: again man uh, appreciate it a lot numbers um i will uh, catch you later this week for some brunch all right we'll hold you to that
2: maybe just mention your socials so people can reach out and we'll pop them in the notes as well sure man
1: you can follow me on fraser underscore w underscore fitness that's fraser with a z not with an i-e-r
2: either none of that rubbish <laughs> <laughs> cheers boys i appreciate being on today thank you thanks mate i'll catch you later awesome man